Um, good evening, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to my uh, podcast this evening, uh, Heavenly Places. I'm your host, Jameer, and um, I'm here along with Dorothy. Uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, meet last week as I had a few problems in the home, but those appear to be straight, straightening, uh, straightening up. So hopefully you uh, had a blessed week. Um, this evening, we are talking about church. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, should I go to church or, or why do I want to go to church or why, why should I go to church? Um, <clears throat> but uh, let's, let's open up this evening in prayer. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. Um, help us this day, Father. Guide us this day. Help us to be drawn towards you during these uh, these times upon this planet, oh, Father, and everything that everyone is dealing with, Father. Help us, oh, Father, to... Uh, Focus on you with all our heart, mind, and soul. <clears throat> we ask all these things. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so um, to this evening again, once again, we're talking about um, church. And should, should we go to church? R-C-H, and actually in the, in the King James Version, I believe that the word church is in there 112 times, so that's a, that's a lot of times, uh, 112 times in the King James Version, um, and basically it's coming from the uh, word in uh, Ecclesia, you might be familiar with it. I believe the spelling is E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A. That's Greek, but it also means church. So church is, I guess, the English King James translation, the one that is very common that we are using today. And in Greek, it was called Ecclesia. Um, so <clears throat> the reason I want to say that is or, or want to the Greek Ecclesia because I actually want, want us to go to the place where we actually and got the word church from. Um, and now some people believe that the word church uh, actually came from a uh, different word in, in the old English and old uh, Greek and German. Actually, in uh, Scotland and England, uh, is actually a, a weird word uh, that they use uh, was Kirk. If you're familiar with Star Trek, Kirk, like James T. Kirk. <laughs> but the word Kirk um, is what we today think of the word as a uh, church, you know. Um, so Kirk was kind of like, I guess, the pronunciation or whatever. But um, get into the uh, earlier Greek, um, if you want uh, to spell it out, um, it's Q-R-I. A-K-O-S, or other ver- versions or translations, 
of Hasidic, K-U-R-I-A-K-O-N. Um, Karakos, or I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, Karakon. Um, and those are the words kind of like from church, but if you look at that word, those Greek words where they took it from and compare it to the word uh, ecclesia, um, those words actually have some different meanings, you know, different meanings. Now, kerkoros means curious or K-U-R-I-O-S. That's a different word, which means Lord. But when you put it with the K-U-R-A-K-O-S, that means church, which means pertaining to the Lord, okay? So basically it refers to something that pertains or belongs to a Lord, um, not necessarily the Lord, you know. So that's kind of how we um, got the word uh, church. That's how we we came to how it is uh, meaning today. So basically something pertains to or that belongs to the Lord. Um, so uh, if you were to actually translate it, uh, the word church, from uh, Greek, I mean from, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to go backwards this time. This might be a little bit confusing, but we're going from King James Version of Church to actually the Greek word, which is K-U-R-I-A-K-O-S, which is correct. Karekios, you know, um, but uh, Karekios. But Karekios wasn't like the uh, Greek word that they was using uh, in scripture. Actually, they was using the word uh, Ecclesia instead of Karekios. So why, I guess the question now is why are we uh, replacing the word or why are they inserting the word church in there when church is not the same thing as a uh, Ecclesia, because church translated from the uh, Greek, which is uh, the Kerkorius, is not the same thing as Ecclesia. So what's going on with that? Um, now, that word Kerkorius is actually, it is in the New Testament. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20, and that's where it's referring to the Lord's Supper. Um and also it's in the Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, where it says, the Lord's day. So in both of those cases, it's translated the Lord, not as church, but it's pertaining to something that says the Lord, okay? So um, even though the word does not really appear again in the New Testament as the word church, we have come to uh, know it in the English language, and it has been replaced with uh, ecclesia. E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A, um, and some actually spell it E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, uh, and that's something that is being common. Uh, actually, we have some churches today that are called Ecclesia. Um, so the question is, okay, okay, you want to call it Ecclesia, you want to call it Kirkus, you want to call it Church? I mean, does it really make a difference, you know? Does it really make a difference, Um well, let's look at the word ecclesia, and let's see what, what it meant in the Greek. Because in the Greek and the New Testament, 
if you look at the Greek translation of the Bible, it's translated 115 times. Um, we see that word ecclesia appear um, in Acts 19, verse 32, and verse 39, and verse 41. And the word is actually translated assembly instead of church. Assembly instead of church. Um, so instead of church is translated assembly, Acts 19, it says, at Acts 19, it says, when it says Ecclesia, it's actually a town council or referring to a civil body of people gathering together in Ephesians. So you can see that the church wouldn't work there as they had nothing to do with the gathering as a body of believers. But still, 112 times the translator used the word church when translating Ecclesia. Ecclesia is uh, correctly defined as, and some of you may have heard this before, the called out ones. Um, the ECC part means um, out, and uh, ecclesia, the rest of the word, means to call. So the called out one. So um, we can see how that word um, can use, <clears throat> be used to indicate a civil group or selected, like called or elected people. Um, <clears throat> and it, in that particular case, when it was talking about the city council or the town council, I'm sorry, then Acts chapter 19, it doesn't really have anything when it was referring to church. It wasn't really talking about believers who believe in Jesus or Yeshua, you know, our most heavenly father. They was actually talking about something as in, in our today's terms, something like a political or community town meeting, something they wasn't even meeting about church for that particular thing that was going on. But ecclesia, the original Greek word means to be called out, to be called out. Um, and I, I think that is, uh, to me, that is uh, very interesting because uh just on a little side note, we know that, that the scripture says that, uh, that that our Father in heaven, he's calling us out. He's what? He's calling us out of darkness and to what? His marvelous light, you know. Um, he's calling us out of what? Uh, different types of sins, whatever sins you may be involved in. And even in the book of Revelations, it says, uh, talking about Mystery Babylon and uh he says, come from out of her, my people. Um, and again, he's calling someone out. He's calling a group of people out. He says, my people uh, calling out. So the word ecclesia means to be called out. Um, so, but, but why is that important? What, what is the uh, significance of this? I'm trying to make the separation of a church and Ecclesia, in, as far as the translation, and I really don't have any problem with the translation or a problem with the word church, but I guess uh, many times uh, we get caught up in the uh, traditions of men and men's system, and we see church as a just a building. You make reference to the church as being a building, and everything else that uh, happens in a, in a church, in which, of course, it should be wholly consecrated and dedicated to our Father in heaven. 
when we are in the church building, we should only watch things that uplift the Father. Uh, we should only talk about things that uplift the Father. Um, the music that's played should only be music that, that uplifts the Father, you know, and we know many times in churches, and especially in these times, maybe even in past times too, what we have going on in the church was uh, things that uh, were not uplifting of God. Actually, we have a whole lot of uh, idol worship going on in a church. We might not be worshiping any uh, golden statues. Maybe that is happening in some churches. But we actually have some churches where actually it's one popular artist that everyone would know if I would say her name, that they actually have a church dedicated, they call it a church. They have a church dedicated to her in Georgia, and I also believe it's one in California too. And people actually go there and attend. I'm not sure what they do there. I believe they sing the uh, the artist songs, and they call it a church church gathering or some type of that. But that's getting to to the secular part. But just we have uh, in a regular church, we have people who are uh, uplifting uh, these evangelists, um, these very prominent ministers, and in a sense, they are, are uh, worshiping them in a way, even though some of them might not do it intentionally. Uh, I believe most of them probably don't do it intentionally, but it's just like because of the traditions of men, we've been trained to go to a building um, to follow a teacher, a man who who may or may not be preaching the the scripture or the word of God. And just for my example, I know there are many church churches where people gather buildings where the word is being taught, where the people are being taught, where they be led. But there are many, 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 many more churches where they uh, are having this idolatry, where they are worshiping, even though our father's name might be on the outside of the building, or maybe in many cases it's not, but they are uh, in form of a, a, adultery where they are worshiping the actual evangelist and minister, and they are, they are lifting him up. And it's kind of like almost like, like a positive type thing where he's speaking more positive instead of uh, scripture, or sometimes he may, maybe makes it in every now and then, you know. But it's important for as believers to, to come out of those things, to come out of tradition, to come out of religion, I'm not trying to tell anyone not to go to church, but that decision is, is up to you. <clears throat> but what I, what I really want to get to is uh, what is church? And basically we should think of church as just a location or a physical building because that's the thing right there that gets a lot of us tripped up. The, um, the church, uh, whenever scripture refers to us as church or the ecclesia, it's actually the assembly. It's actually people. Wherever we gather, whether it's three thousand people there, five thousand people there, two or three people there, we, whenever we gather, we are, we assemble together. We are the ecclesia. We are the uh, the called out ones. You know, so it's not based on a a physical building, like, oh, I have to go here to get to church at 10 o'clock. No, wherever we are, wherever we are, that and we are a symbol that uh, even though a lot of times that does happen uh, in what we call a church, but we have, uh, especially, for example, in China, we have many home churches. You know, they're not in physical buildings, but they might be in person, a person's house or they might actually not <clears> – <throat> 
be in a building. It might be in a cave, you know, where they're worshiping. Or it might be in an empty field, you know, far, far away from the city where they can't be seen or crucified because they want to um, express their their love and devotion for the Father through worship and praise. And when they and 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 China, you know, China is actually one of the, the largest uh, rapidly growing uh, groups of uh, believers and Christians in the world. China, as many people are becoming know the Lord and becoming saved because of missionaries, and even the, the people in that country have a heart and dedication for the Father. You know, sometimes we get mixed up with the government. We like, oh, I'm against China or I'm against Russia and the government or whatever. And even we know that with our own government, the United States of America, the people who run it aren't necessarily right. But then and within those countries, we have people and those countries in China and Russia, even in the, the uh, Middle Eastern nations, uh, those Asian nations like Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan, we have people in those nations who, particularly those ones, who, who love the Father. And they don't have a physical building to go to, but there are many, there are powerful ecclesias there, or I'll just use the word church, and they are gathering, not most of the time in physical buildings, maybe houses, like I said, empty fields, <clears throat> and even caves, you know. And these people, they, they are gathering in these places and lifting up the name. They are learning about the Father. I heard of some cases where they, they only had a few pages of Scripture. They didn't even have the whole Bible. <laughs> but they took what they had, you know, and they, they just went with it. They just went with it. Um, but, again, the thing is, it's about the people. It's not about the building or whatever name or inscription is about the building or, or whoever is in the front leading. It's not about any of that. Now, here in uh, Western culture in America, we many of us are faced with the decision of uh, we have a lot of those churches out there and, like, which church do I go to or should I even go to church? Some people are crucified for uh, for um, going to church, you know. So it's, it's different things and different issues. The, the the faith depending on the circumstances. And so here's what I will say about that one. Um, say, for instance, there's a church that you know that's not right, but you've been going there for years because you love the people there, or maybe it's like because your family goes there, and you don't necessarily agree with the teaching or the or the leader. Maybe they are teaching the scripture, but there's some things, or maybe there's a lot of things you don't that you don't agree with and you see them kind of falling away to different ministers, well, should you go to that church or not? And that right there is going to vary from person to person. You know, for someone, they may need to get out of that church, especially I, I would say if they're a young believer and they might need to find some place else to go. Um, you might need to find some other place to fellowship. It might be a home fellowship you need to go to. Actually, it's a home fellowship association in America, you know. So you might have the funniest to withdraw from the actual place if you're a young believer. But if you, for example, and I'm just throwing it, this is not going to apply to every situation, but if, if you're a more seasoned believer and you've been saved and you're, and you're in the foundation of the word, you know, but you're going there because your friends and family are there, then that might be a different situation 
because you might be there to be a light to those people that are there. You might be the one who's helping them, uh, even though, like, whatever is going across the pulpit or whatever was going on there or within a church might not be right. But you might be in there. The Father might have called you to that place, being a mature uh, believer, a mature uh, follower of Christ, to help those who are in leadership or family or those who you're connected with to see what's going on and to realize. And he may keep you out there to pray for what's going on, you know, or he may get you there to pray for those who are coming in so you can take them out and uh, place them in another place where they can learn. So for each one of us, it is uh, going to be different, you know. And then we have get into the uh, the home churches. Um, and actually these days with technology, that's a lot, a lot of things going on. Actually, uh, a year ago, <clears throat> I was trying to do uh, a ministry in Kenya where they actually met in someone's house and it was like the 100 to 200 Kenyans and they were streaming through different apps like Facebook and we can preach over the computer through that way. So with with technology, you know, it's another way of ecclesia or gathering. So we're not, uh, we're not um, sometimes in the same physical building or same location. Like a lot of these teachings that Dorothy uh, Carruthers does on this, uh, on the uh, blog talk, on YouTube, and I know I've said this before, but on Blogtop, YouTube, Vimo, uh, Soundbit, um, those when you when you come together and listen to these podcasts, uh, that's a form of gathering. That's a form of being an ecclesia. It's almost like many churches. You know, the churches are sort of these days are without walls. You know. Um, if you are into social media, there's uh, a lot of churches are, are streaming their services, and you have large ch- churches doing that, and then you have even small ministries that are doing that, and those are ways that they, they are gathering where the people, they're not maybe across the country or across the globe where they can still meet together. So uh, even though they're not going to actual physical church building but they still are, are gathering together as an assembly, um, as a, a ecclesia. You know, we have uh, got to during this teaching. I'm, I'm trying to also encourage us, kind of, sort of, to redefine what we think about church. Because uh, actually, back in the early uh, Christians in early Christianity, you know. They was meeting in the upper room, <laughs> or they was meeting wherever they could meet. They was meeting the homes, um, and there was a few buildings that actually became churches. Um, actually, in around the year 300 A.D. is actually when uh, Christianity and Rome became a state institution, and we know a lot of things with that was not right, but then that's when they started having a lot of these big cathedrals and all of those kind of things come up, and then when those things start coming up, then we got kind of uh, confused about the definition of uh, what church is and we began to focus on buildings and then they began to put stained glasses in a building and then making all these sculptures and all these kind of things in the buildings and even today we're doing that too making these big mega mega churches and I'm not saying that something is wrong with 
every mega church because oh you go to the mega church is bad i'm not saying that um it all it depends it depends on on who the leader is and who they have in leadership it's going to vary from church to church you know but the thing is with you with each one of us we have to realize is where is the holy spirit leading us because he may be leading us to one of those mega churches so if the church is not right we may be the light the community that he has in there but actually, there will come a time where he's uh, going to want us to come out of that. As it says in Revelation, it says, come from out of her, my people. You know, so whatever church or building or denomination you may think or find yourself in, oh, I, I grew up Presbyterian, I'm always going to be Presbyterian. I grew up Baptist, I'm always going to be Baptist. Or Catholic, I'm always going to be Catholic. We need to we need to move beyond these uh different type of a denominational type walls so that's what's going to happen in heaven anyway so we might as well try to get there while we are down here on earth you know because <laughs> we're like oh i'm i'm just baptist i'm gonna just do this or i'm Lutheran, and i'm gonna do this um and i i understand why people they they grew up in those things when i was growing up um we went to several different churches i didn't really know understand about the different denominations when i was growing up because we would be going to all different type of uh, churches. Like one week for a couple of weeks, we'd be at a Baptist church. Then one time we was at a Southern Baptist church. Then we'd be at a charismatic church. Then we visited uh, um, a Presbyterian Lutheran. You know, we went to the different ones because um, our, our parents, you know, it depends on which one they was going to. And then I, I was trying to, after I grew up, I was kind of practicing those same things. But a lot of times we say, okay, I'm Baptist, and we uh, draw the line, okay, I'm Baptist, and I'm Southern, so I'm not going to be messing around with the Southern Baptist, or I'm Lutheran, and I'm not going to be messing around with the, with the charismatic people. And those right there are, 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 are divisions within a church where the walls need to come down, where the buildings need to come down, because it's, it's not normal Christianity. It's, it's, though it's normal, it is normal, but it's not how it is supposed to be. We're supposed to be crazy. We're supposed to be the called out ones. And this is all these walls that came up because of uh, uh, traditions, traditions that have uh, been there since, I don't want to say the very beginning, but near the beginning. And they kind of fortified over a century, centuries and it's created a uh, separation amongst the believers just imagine if we all get together you know um be one powerful force uh, beyond cultural economical racial et- ethnic whatever whatever kind of division you want to see you know if, if we work together as one people as our father desires he says uh and uh john that we may be one even as our father in heaven is one you know so we need to move again beyond tradition and religion. And again, I'm not saying don't, I mean, I'm not saying leave your church. You need to get out now. I'm saying number one, listen to the Holy spirit and to where the Holy spirit is guiding and directing you. And there's really only two ways he can guide and direct you. He can tell you to leave (laughs) Or he can tell you to stay. It's not very complicated. But number two, be open. 
be open to your brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, because there are things, I'm not a Presbyterian, but I'm pretty sure there are things that Presbyterians know that I don't know. And actually, uh, maybe three or four years ago, um, John, I'm not a Wesleyan or Lutheran, but I read, I was reading about John Wesley, and man, that man was one powerful. I'm not saying he was perfect, um, but that man was one powerful, powerful uh, man of God, you know. He said uh, he didn't even really think much of a Christian that they didn't pray for four hours a day before they started today, but I'm, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I tried to get close to that level. I haven't ever been able to, but he would pray four hours a day before he did anything. And actually, you know, John Wesley, when he first started having church, uh, church or services or ecclesias, they would they wouldn't allow him to actually be in a building, you know, even though he was an art and ordained minister. So guess what he did? He started ministering to in the open fields <laughs> where there were there was open fields, you know. And guess what happened at his meeting? People, demons were being cast out, people were being healed, um, people were speaking in tongues, all all kind of things. If you read, like, his biography and testimonies and all this kind of thing, that's what they were saying about him, John Wesley, you know. But, of course, like, the, we have, like, the the, um, the, the Wesley uh, the movement, and now they actually have their churches and things like that now. But if you were fine and you look at a lot of these different denominations and all that, the people, the founders, they were some powerful men of, of God. You know, I'm not saying it was perfect or whatever and, all this kind of stuff. I mean, just look at ourselves. You know, we're not perfect. But what I'm saying is that we can learn from the Lutherans. We can learn from uh, John Wesley or, or the Calvinists. You know, I'm not saying take everything they are to 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 the uh, to it. You know, you have to go how the Holy Spirit leads you. But I'm saying don't totally discount them. Or even the, the charismatic people, the Pentecostal people. But me, myself, I... I try to, to figure out what denomination I am. Um, I, honestly, I don't know which one I am. <laughs> I know I believe. I mean, I, I believe different things, you know, that maybe some people don't believe. I, I believe uh, in miracles and healings and tongues and all those kind of things. And I have brothers and sisters in Christ who don't believe in that. But that don't make me any less a Christian than they, or they any less a Christian than me. We just believe different things on certain issues. Now, the main thing, of course, that we all always must believe that there's only one way. There's only one way. You know, there's only one way we get it in, and that's through the, the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way to the Father in heaven. That's what Scripture tells us. You know, some things we... We can't compromise on. We can't negotiate with. That's one of the things as a church, as a uh, ecclesia, as a called out ones that we cannot compromise with. Okay, but a lot of the other things that we use to bring up the walls and create these churches um, are just minor, minor things in comparison to that issue. They're like they're not even really worth it. <laughs> worth the, uh, the division that we create. You know, sometimes uh, we have all this separation because of, like, just little minute, minor things, you know. 
I don't know certain people like certain type of worship music and praise music. You know, some of the worship music at some places is some of it is not, you know. Um, but then we have a lot of music that is, you know, it's it's the Holy Spirit. It's it's all about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit moving just as powerful in home churches, charismatic churches, Presbyterian churches, Lutheran churches, and even some Catholic churches. I know I know some Catholics um, that are that are very very uh, dedicated to the Father, and they don't worship the Virgin Mary and all that kind of stuff, and do all that Hail Mary, and then pray to the saints. They don't do all that kind of stuff. Um, but they they are dedicated and devoted to the Father, but because they have that upbringing, they still call themselves a Catholic or whatever. And a lot of that, you know, is with traditions. And some of us are the same way with Baptists or, or this whatever denomination. But some of us, like, just like the Catholic Church, how some of them worship the Pope and lift them up and they worship Mary. We have people in uh, what we call Protestant religions that they like people worship the Pope. They have people in the Protestant religions who are worshiping their leader or their pastor. It could be some mega church leader or whatever, or even somebody around the corner, and you lift them, him up and value in him the same way they are lifting up and uh, esteeming the Pope. But really, Scripture says that we are ecclesia, and as individuals, we are saints. You know, we are all saints. It's not just this person that did this, this, and this, and this, so they can be a saint. No, all of us are saints. Um, even even the, the homeless man who believes in the Lord, who who uh, who doesn't have nothing really to get to the Father, maybe except pennies. That's what he's just as much as, as a saint, as uh, the person who's out there doing missionary work. Um, so I know I, did, I didn't say a whole lot of things, touching a whole lot of different things about why we should go to church or why we shouldn't go to church. But the, I guess the main thing or objective I'm trying to get at tonight is uh, to know who you are as a saint individually and who we are together, where we are in assembly, you know, and that church is not just a building, okay? Church can happen in many different ways. It can happen online, like you're doing now. It can happen on, over the phone, you know. We can have a prayer line over the phone, and that's an ecclesia. That's a gathering wherever two or three are gathered in the midst. You know, it doesn't have to be all together at one place, at one location, though it can be. It doesn't have to be because you can have people on the phone and the father gets one piece of the midst. If he's uh, omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent, all the, all the, <laughs> you know, he's all everywhere, all powerful, all knowing. So it, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be facing a certain direction of praise. Some people say you had to face a certain You don't have to do that. Okay. <laughs> So the, the main thing is we need to get rid of our, our man-made traditions, our man-made religions, our man-made philosophies. And some of these things, you know, we kind of grew up with, so they're kind of hard to let go. We take them, see, you know, some of the things of uh, Scripture, but really there's nothing in the Bible that really talks about some of the things that we do. <laughs> that we call church bottom is like, oh, we just kind of grew up with it. So we just kind of kept it as tradition. And I'm not saying that whatever the tradition is. I'm not saying that all the traditions are like just evil and wicked or the devil, but 
a lot of them are just things that are that kind of clutter up, you know, and they kind of trick people if you're not familiar or aware what really is true worship and praise with the things that are kind of like knickknacks or kind of like decorations, you know, they're not really essential, you know. Mm-hmm. Like even if you get rid of it, it's not going to make a difference, you know. But if you get rid of the worship and praise and true worship and praise, then that right here is going to make a difference. You're going to know, you know. Um, so that's that's all that I have for this evening. Uh, Dorothy, do you have anything you want to add to that one? Well, I can understand we do get hung up on our the church that is in our head as opposed to the church that's in Scripture, you know. But as, as long as we're following Father's lead, he will bring us to the to the community of believers that he wants us in that that can help us and that we can help and edify. So, yeah, we we do need to rethink our thinking. Yeah, so that's all yeah. I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know you have a lot of people. They say, uh, well, you need to go to church. And I, I believe that's important, especially for those those who um, who are who are uh, coming to know the Lord and, and growing, and even for the people who have been growing for years. But the thing is, sometimes we think, okay, I need to go to this building, I need to go to that building. But uh, the church or ecclesia can be many, many, many different things. It can be many different things, just as long as it's a gathering of people and and their unity is on on Jesus and focused on the Word. And not something else. <laughs> it can't be focused on any other books, like any self-help book. I mean, it's fine if you had like one of those things by the, by the author and it has like some scriptures in there and all that kind of stuff. But just as long as that book that you have is pointing back to the scripture and that book is not pointing to like something else, like, oh, you need to follow this book too or you need to go to that book too, whatever, something that's, un- that's ungodly or something that's worldly, you want to make sure whatever that book is is kind of leading you back to the the written word, the scriptures, because the scriptures they lead us to uh, Christ, and Christ leads us to to the Father, to His love, and that's that's where we want to be. We don't want to be following some some other book, and it has a few scriptures in there, but even though it has a scripture, it's not focused on that. It's focused on leading us to the man who who wrote the book, and then the man leading us the book is leading us to wherever he wants. Once and he probably just wants a bigger, bigger car, or bigger house, or something. <laughs> so we end up following on that. So we and we don't want to follow that. We don't want to be like that. And it's so easy to be tricked and deceived because you you want to think that we're uh, giving to people and helping people out and lifting them up, you know. Um, but it's it's easy to fall into those uh, kind of scams, you know, and you end up being deceived. Actually, I was watching some videos. On YouTube, and it, we have one pastor over in Africa, and he was uh, making his members eat grass on the ground. And then on another occasion, actually, he I believe he got arrested. He was making his uh, congregation uh, drink petrol petroleum, you know. And it was it was crazy because all, in the video, all the members they was running up there trying to drink it, and that's because they was being led by this false prophet. And there's it's a lot of them out there. That's why we got to be careful. And stay in the word, you know, because anybody can be deceived <laughs> if you just get it caught up in emotions and all of that. 
Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the false prophets use um, psychology, you know, against people, not to help people, but against people. And yeah. uh, that can be done, you know. I've seen that done too. And yeah. and it sounds good sometimes, you know. These psychological, you know, I just lost my word. But it it sounds like it might help us, but it's only psychology. It's not based on the word. And if it's not based on the word, might as well throw it out the window because it's like that commercial where the guy throws his wallet in the bay, you know, just throw it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's it's a a very powerful teacher that, that, um, She's a psychologist, but she always, like in her book, she always has scripture and everything always is back to the word. Um, her name is uh, Carolyn Leaf, and she's a psychologist. But the thing is, like, you got to watch out, not for her, but it's people who try to be like her, but maybe they're uh, into, like, New Age and all this other kind of, kind of stuff, or even, like, man-made philosophies, which is uh, just as bad. But, uh Caroline she she's a, was a psychology major, got a PhD, but she uses a lot of that science and information and flips it on the psychologists, and a lot of them, they don't really like it because uh, she points out the things they're doing wrong, and she turns everything back to the word, to the word, um, to scripture, you know. Um, yeah, her name is uh, Dr. Carolyn Lee, and she teaches a lot about uh Spending time in prayer, focusing on scripture, focusing on the word, because uh, a lot of the, the issues like the depression and um, different like mental mental illnesses and all those kind of things, when they try to medicate you, um, put these things on you, a lot of them times they end up making you worse, and then in effect, that and then you get into a worse worse state than you are before. Um, and I'm, it's like I know that's a really controversial topic, but she says that we should focus on the scripture because a lot of the issues, like the mental issues and depression and all that kind of stuff we deal with, some of it goes back to like some type of traumatic event we might have had or something else like that where um, you can uh, not just start focusing, like not like too much positive thinking type stuff, but actually getting led by the Holy Spirit and rooted in learning the scripture to uh, defeat those things, you know, because a lot of times uh, in the psychology field, they don't really want to talk about uh, things that are spiritual. Like a lot of times, like depression, even though it might be something that happened to you, and but then like evil spirits, they come and they use those open doors to make it even more of a depression or, like some, or even more of a mental illness to make it worse. So we're fighting on many different levels. <laughs> on many different levels. Yes, and and there is a lot of psychology in the Bible because you guys figure God made us, he knows how he made us, he knows how we get broken, and he knows how to fix us. So in, in our, uh, in the natural, it would be called, you know, psychi- psychology or psychiatry. Or, I always get those two confused. But yeah, the Father... <laughs> Father is the greatest psychologist you can, you know, go to. Yeah. 
with society called, I don't like to call them that, but we have senior citizens who are going to college. I have some that got people at the school. I'm at protect them too, Father. Protect everyone, Father. Um, um, hurt, harm, and danger is dangerous, seen, and unseen, Father. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I thank you for listening this evening. I thank you, um, Justin, for having me. And I will uh, be here next week again. <laughs> okay. Um, Father, bless everyone. Thank you so much, Jameer. Um, I did want to say something to the listeners. I want to say, don't let anyone guilt you into going to a specific church. Go to where Father wants you to go. Lean to his leading. Because people do that to you. You know, they do try to get you to go where they think you ought to. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I've had my some very good friends who've done that to me through the years, and I took me a while to just get over that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everybody have a blessed week, and Jameer, Father bless, and have a good evening. Yes, thank and you. We'll- thank you. We'll talk next week. Yes. If not before, maybe before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.